shout of praise. shout of praise because he's worthy of it. Come on. There's victory in your shout. I'm going to say it again. There's victory in your shout. I don't know about you, but I came to praise Jesus today. I came to lift up the name that's above every other name. God has been too good to me. Too good. Too good. Too, too good. Tap your neighbor and say, he's been too good to me. Tell your other neighbor and say, he's been too, too good to me. You could be seated for a moment. We are so blessed to have Pastor Tony with us today. How many were here last night? Wasn't it just remarkable? We're going to be back tonight at 6 p.m. If you are new here today, we would love to join you in your journey of faith. And there is a number that you can text and you can stay connected through our website. But I want you to to text this number. We have a gift for you in the lobby. And we just want to bless you and your family and join you in this amazing journey of serving Jesus. How many love serving Jesus? I want to say it again. How many love serving Jesus? Last night was amazing. I, I, I am anticipating. I'm expecting. Hey, I'm believing for some miracles today. I've been praying for a few things. I'm believing God's going to move supernaturally today. I believe God's going to heal some people today. I believe God's going to save people today. This is such an amazing church. We have been so blessed. I've been saying it all weekend, and I want to keep shouting it from the rooftop. Last year, from this church in Whittier, California, we saw over 42,000 people say yes to Jesus. greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation going from darkness to light destruction to glory and we are planning some big things this year not just our international crusades but we are so excited we are gonna we we're, we are joining with pastor tony and his amazing team to be part of an la outpouring and we're gonna believe that what's happening internationally Pastor Tony said something to me last night that was just really touched my heart. He said, when you sow internationally the way we've been sowing, God can't help but bring a harvest in your own neighborhood the way you've been. It is the principle of sowing and reaping. Can I get a loud amen? We are blessed. As the ushers come forward, I, I, we're taking our first fruits offering all weekend. And I am so blessed that this church, we seek first the kingdom of God. And this is something that we believe is important. This month we have been challenged and inspired to give 
God a special offering. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer. I love that. Let's lift your hands right now. I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I speak life and life and abundance. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Tell your neighbor, say, the nations will call me blessed. We are giving our tithe and we're given above and beyond with the first fruit offering. I've had people come up to me that have given a month's wage. Some people have given a week for this. They're believing for some big things. I'm telling you, when Pastor Tony spoke that into my life last night, I, I took it as a word that what we've sown internationally, this is the year. We're going to reap it right here in Whittier and beyond. Come on, somebody. Hey, we got some big vision here at the church. I'm believing for 100,000 souls to be saved this year for the glory of God. God spoke that number to my heart. Double what we saw last year, more than double. I'm believing for more miracles. You know, one of the crusades in Honduras, do we have a picture? There was a woman that got delivered of witchcraft. I don't know if we have that picture. This woman got delivered. They prayed for her and her whole family was bound. But they prayed for this woman, she got delivered and she ended up burning all her paraphernalia And her husband, was he deaf? He was deaf, and as soon as she renounced it, he started to hear for the first time. Here's the best part. The whole family gave their life to Jesus Christ. That's the Jesus we serve. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, somebody. That's the Jesus we serve. I'm ready to have church today. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of the way. Come on, I'm getting ready to take my seat because we have a special guest here today and I don't want to take, I, 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 sometimes I get that long-winded spirit that comes over me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to control myself today. But God has been so faithful. Do we have that one last thing, that one boy that was healed at the Honduras crusade. He was blind. He was a young man. Actually, Yahida, come here, Yahida. Yahida 
It's one of my favorite testimonies. No, not him. So it's, it's, you know, this is a good problem when you have so many healings, you don't have one, enough pictures one, for the... One, yeah, one. yeah, that one. Yehada and Junior, Junior Wave, they were with a team and they went into their house earlier that week, is that right? And Yehada prayed for them and Yehada told this young boy that was blind, she said, you need to read your Bible. But he was blind. Hey, now I hear some of you laughing. Yehada was being prophetic. Come on. Yehada was speaking something. And a couple days later, he came to the crusade and he began to see for the first time ever in his life. Now he can read his Bible. Come on, somebody. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Malachi, he says, I am the Lord and I do not change. If he healed then, he'll heal now. If he delivered then, he'll deliver now. If he set the captive free, he'll do it today. This isn't like years ago. This is just a few weeks ago, a few months ago. This is what God is able to do when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things will be added unto you. Everyone stand to your feet as we get ready to give our first fruits offering, our tithe. I want my beautiful wife. I am so grateful for my wife. She does like, she never stops. I don't know if she, last night we got home and she was prepping for the day and by the time I got home, I was ready for bed. Come on somebody. I had a long day, but she never stops and she's so amazing and I'm so blessed and I just honor her. And uh, would you pray? Let's give our pastor a hand. Hallelujah. Lift your hands towards heaven. Lift your gifts towards heaven. Your heart towards heaven. Your faith toward heaven, Lord. We thank you right now. We thank you, Jesus, for every seed sown. We bless the tithe. We bless the tither. We bless the giver. We bless the sower. Jesus, we ask for this first fruits offering to be sown into your hand, into your kingdom, and for your glory. We ask for land to be taken for the kingdom of God. We're going to build where the enemy has broke down, Jesus. And we're asking for you to breathe with the breath of heaven. Bring increase and multiplication. Use your people. Use your saints. Use your church. Use the church of Jesus Christ like never before. We'll go. We'll sow. We'll go and we'll sow. And we ask for souls lest we die. We ask for nations for your glory. We ask for you to pour out your glory, Jesus. We place this seed in your hand. We declare right now in the name of Jesus that every, every person under the sound of my voice and watching online, as you sow this seed, your harvest will be released. As you sow this first fruits offering, your harvest.
harvest for 2022 will be released in the name of Jesus. The miracles you're believing for, lost family members, healing in your body, all destiny to be released in your life. We declare it, we declare it, we declare it, we prophesy it and we proclaim it in Jesus' unstoppable name. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Look what the Lord has done. Yes. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. As the ushers take up the offering, I want to just sing this real quick. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. restored. We've seen drug addicts and alcoholics delivered. I'm believing for more. I'm believing he is able. He is able. He is able. Look what he has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Just in time and I'm gonna praise his name Each day he's just the same you up today in a good way you ain't leaving the same way you came in somebody has been praying for a miracle for a long time today is that day pastor Tony said it last night and I agree revival isn't coming 
Revival is here. Revival is here. All right. Let's give the man of God a hand clap as he comes up. I love this man. He's become family to me and my wife. We love him. We appreciate everything he does in the kingdom of God. He is a man of character, a man of integrity, a man of faith, and we are blessed and humbled he is here with us today. Can we give this amazing man of God a hand clap? Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. I said he is a good God. Hallelujah. I didn't know what kind of a church I was coming to when I came. For this, I guess I'll say it this way. For the sake of the integrity of the prophetic, Pastor Brian's heard me say that a few times, I don't tune in to a church before I come because I want to come open to what I heard the Lord say, not what you wrote on Facebook. So, so I, I, I try, I, I just, so when I come, I just come open. I don't know. And I said it last night, I kind of feel like the Queen of Sheba. Because I didn't know. I didn't know there's, that there was this revival church in Whittier, California. I didn't know. I didn't know that there was a remnant of revival still alive that has old-time Pentecostal power, apostolic authority. I didn't know. And if I, if I may say this to you, um, you're probably aware of this. You know, the rest of the nation has pretty much cursed California and said, you're done. And they're trying to figure out, like, how Cal- why California is still on the map. Well, I know why. It's you. You've pushed back on the attack of the enemy. I know the days have gotten dark, but Zechariah says there shall be light in the evening time. You're the light in the middle of a dark, dark time, but you're the remnant. And I am, I am in awe at this praise and worship team and the way you praise God. And you got old-time Pentecostal power, but you got these young ladies right here. They, I bet, are you, six, are you even 16 years old? You're, yeah, you can admit it at 16, right? After that, you can't admit how old you are. These are 16-year-old young ladies here that are on fire for God. They said that this new generation doesn't have old-time fire and old-time consecration. The devil is a liar. God has a remnant on the earth that still prophesies, still speaks in other tongues, knows how to praise God, knows how to worship God like David. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You could be seated for just a moment. I'm so thankful to be here today. And everything the Lord is doing. And um, I was um, minding my own business, going over to my chair, 
going to suck on my three cough drops and my one bottle of water before I get up here to preach. Everybody's got a process of what they do. And I was about on the, I was on cough drop two and a half. And I looked over and I saw my friend Jason and his wife, who are long time, uh, I say long time, uh, feels like I've known him forever, but they have been partners of our ministry now for several years. And um, you know, I have, like you all, we have a media team, someone that kind of oversees our media and does all, you know, the posting and all of that. And uh, my, my, my assistant, secretary, she said, you know, there's this guy on there. He's always posting that you need to come to Southern California. You might want to look at it because it's like everything. You say happy Easter in the next comment, come to Southern California. Like, I want to say a happy birthday shout out to my wife in the comment. You need to come to Southern California. She's like, you might just want to look. So it's this guy named Jason. That every time I went live, every time I posted would come on, and every, I'm, listen, not nine times out of ten, eleven times out of ten, because sometimes he posts it twice. You need to come to Southern California. I'll do whatever we have to do. I'll get a group of people. You got to come. You got to come. You got to come. So part of the reason, if you still have that slide, if you'd throw it back up there from yesterday, part of the reason that we're doing the Los Angeles outpouring is because of the insistent of one, insistence of one man who decided to come on every post, every webcast, every live stream, and say, you need to come to Southern California. Well, Jason, we're coming to Southern California. He drove an hour and a half to be in church today with his wife because they're hungry for revival and for a move of God. And then I went back to minding my own business and I sat back down there to suck on cough drop number three. Maybe that's too much information for you all, but just so you know my process. I don't preach till I had the three cough drops. And I was on cough drop number three, sitting there, minding my own business, when a man behind me puts his hand on me and he said, Hey, I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm your Facebook friend. <laughs> and I, I, I was going to say, you're not Jason. But as soon as he said his name, I said, oh, I know you too. Because you're the other one that posts and always says, Brother Ruben Flores sitting right there. Stand up, brother. This is an evangelist. Remind me, remind me where, you're, where you're at today. He is, listen, he's conducting an outdoor revival in Moreno Valley, but he said, before I go preach, I need to come and get filled with the power of God, and he said, and oh, by the way, today's my birthday, and God said, you come to my house, and you praise, and you worship God. Run up here, Brother Reuben, real quick. Brother Brian, come up here. Let's lay hands on him right now. Father, raise your hands, Brother Reuben. Someone give me one of those prayer cloths. Father, in the name of Jesus, when Brother Reuben preaches and prophesies and ministers today, I pray that the same fire that's on me comes on him. Let these be the greatest days of his life. Father, baptize him with Holy Ghost power, prophetic anointing, apostolic authority. It comes on you now in the name of Jesus. Somebody give God praise for what's on his life right now. Somebody give God praise for what is on his life. Fire of the Holy Ghost be on you. Somebody give God praise. Somebody pray, praise him like it's your birthday. Like it's your miracle. Like it's your prayer. Oh, Hallelujah. 
Brother Reuben, give me your hand. When I pick you up, you come into a new place, a new thing, in Jesus' name. Did you get that handkerchief? Well, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Raise your hands. Lord, give him more in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Just leave him. He's drunk. That's okay. He can make it. He's close enough if he's got to crawl. And if he wants to lay there, that's fine too. I have, I, I, <laughs> this is not what I was going to talk about today, but I've really had an issue with Pentecostals lately that have issues with the moves of God. You believe in speaking in tongues, but you don't believe in anything else. And I really don't understand. On the day of Pentecost, it said they looked like they were drunk. Since when do drunk people hop on one foot? Drunk people stumble, they fall, they stutter, they laugh, they make no sense, and I just don't understand what happened to my Pentecostal church that all of they used to call us holy rollers because the spirit would hit us and we'd fall to the floor and they'd have to carry us to cars and carry us to the bus. I say let the Holy Ghost have his way again in our services. Hallelujah. I got a lot to say, and last night I said I wasn't going to preach long, but I lied. I'm just going to tell you, I lied, but I repented. I repented for it. You know, the law of sowing and reaping is this easy, because I, I shared with Pastor Brian something yesterday upstairs, and I, he's brought it up, and so now it's in my spirit, and now I feel like I got to release it. You, you, the law of sowing and reaping is that you reap what you sow. And that the reaping takes place where you sowed it. So if you sow the seed, you reap the harvest. And you've sown seeds of revival internationally. Honduras, El Salvador, where else? Okay. And you, you were going to go to Colombia until they got a little crazy there. And you're going to some other countries. Every time you sow that seed, you've seen a harvest there. But the law of the harvest is that. The harvest or the reaping has to take place where the seed was sown. And because the seed was sown in this house, then this house is going to reap that harvest. This house is reaping an international harvest. You sowed for miracles, so you're going to see miracles here. You sowed for healing, so you're going to see healing here. You sowed for El Salvador, so you're going to see Salvadorians here. You sowed for catrachos, van a ver catrachos acá. Whatever you sowed for, you reap it where you sowed. Amen. Amen. You reap what you sow. You don't plant corn seed and get potatoes. You get what you sow. And you've sown seeds of revival. So what's coming to this house is not calamity, not stress and rebellion. You sowed for revival, you're reaping revival. That's why you got to be, that's why you tell me, you say, I, I want this and I want that. Sow a seed for it.
Sow a seed in faith. Sow it through your praise and your worship and your dedication and your consecration. Drive an hour and a half. That's sowing a seed in revival, and you're going to reap revival. Come to church on your birthday. You'll reap revival. Be faithful in reading the scripture and prayer, and you're going to reap those things from God. So I'm just believing that there is a great international harvest. You already have it. What I like about this church, this is, I would say this about pretty much all true revival churches. What I love about a place like this is you can't label it. Like this isn't a white church. It's not a Mexican church. It's not a black church. It's not a Dominican church. It's just a church. This is what heaven looks like. Red and yellow, black and white. All worshiping together, hooping, shouting, singing Spanish music, English music, it doesn't matter what, as long as it's for Jesus. This is what heaven looks like. I bless you in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to the gospel of St. Matthew chapter 24, Libro de San Mateo, capítulo 24, versículo 14, verse 14. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord told pastor this is the second time in my entire life that I preach in tennis shoes. If my father knew I was preaching in tennis shoes, my father would come out of the grave and rebuke me and bench me. Palabanca me dijera. I'm trying to do the whole California thing, you know, like I rent, I had to rent these clothes for California, you know, I'm like, like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I need one of those California looks. He's like, well, give me, let me give you a little leather and these sneakers and uh, wear, them without, wear them without socks. I'm like, yeah, well, I'll at least do the socks. But Matthew 24, verse 14, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? My goodness, did God ever move in this house last night? What a night. Brother Reuben, what, where, where is it that you're going? What's it called? Moreno Valley. Lord, do it in Moreno Valley today. In Moreno Valley in the name of Jesus. Lord, do it at the Los Angeles outpouring when we set that tent up. Hey, you all provoked my faith. Because I've been believing for four to 5,000 people to come to the Los Angeles outpouring. You started putting all those pictures up last night, Pastor Brian. I'm not saying I'm prophesying. I started believing the Lord, you know what, Jason, I think we're going to have 10,000 people come to the Los Angeles outpouring, minimum. And then, licenciado Art over there, attorney Art, said, because that, that's a man of faith. He said, you think, you're thinking too small. I said, what? He goes, Pff. he's like, man, 20,000, 25,000, 30,000. I just have a hunch that we're coming back to Azusa. And God's going to do, you know, there's a prophecy. There's a prophecy about 100 years after Azusa, God was going to do it again. And I just got a hunch God's about to do it again. He's about to do it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 24, 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, whatever you're, reading from is, is just fine. It's all the same. And the good news 
or the gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then, somebody say then, and then the end will come. And this gospel of the kingdom, if you can put King James up there since that's the English Jesus spoke, put that up there real quick. It's a joke only one person got. That's okay. I'm, Lord Jesus, new King James Version, come on that screen now. Do you got a quarter? If you put like a coin in it or something, it'll... Try. Maybe you got to turn the crank a little bit. King James Version. King James. Well, anyhow, just believe it's in the King James Version. I don't remember how it reads, but it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to every language group, to every tribe, and then... Oh, my. She didn't just get King James. She got King James Version 1900. Y'all paid for the upgrade, I can tell. All right, this is the bougie church. My Lord. We ain't going to give you the free version. We're going to you the 1900 version. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Father, use me for your glory today. Touch our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to discern. But thus saith the word of the Lord, and confirm it, I ask of thee. Signs, miracles, and wonders. And we'll testify, surely we've been in the presence of the Lord. And I declare it done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Brother Shalom, I'm going to give you this bottle of water for a little bit. Hallelujah. In 1885, there was a city that was so changed by revival that the police reported that there was nothing left for them to do. There was a female preacher by the name of Mariah Woodworth Etter who was there preaching. And the revival was so far-reaching, so impactful, that within a few weeks, the police said, there's no crime. There's just nothing left for us to do. God, Los Angeles needs that kind of a revival. Chicago needs that kind of a revival. New York needs that kind of a revival. Afghanistan needs that kind of a revival. Around the Spanish flu, Amy Simple McPherson, another gospel preacher, female gospel preacher, drove her gospel car into Indianapolis. There was about, there was an epidemic of influenza over the city. And the government said, you can't come and you can't preach here. Amy Simple McPherson kept driving her car into Indianapolis. And, they, and the newspapers testified that when her gospel car drove in, that epidemic drove right out. God, we need one of those kind of revivals again right now. Do it in the United States. Do it in England. Do it in Colombia. Do it in Asia. Father, let your church rise up in such apostolic authority that when we come in, every virus, every sickness, every pandemic, every epidemic has to go and flee in the name of Jesus. 
1915 to 1920, Spokane, Washington, according to the government, they said that Spokane, Washington was the healthiest city in the world and the mayor held a public commemoration for an apostle named John G. Lake to honor his efforts because they believed it was faith in Jesus that had caused them to be the healthiest city in the world. Father, in a time when most politicians are cursing you and not worshiping you, I ask you, let it happen again. Let even the leaders of the free world say, it was the Lord Jesus Christ that did the miracle. Evan Roberts in 1904 heard an evangelist by the name of Seth Joshua pleading to God, preaching a sermon and praying, saying, bend us, bend us. And Evan Roberts, a young preacher, left that service, and he didn't pray, bend us, bend us. He started praying, bend me, bend me, change me, oh God, because it's easy to see everyone else's sin. It's easy to focus on everyone else's rebellion, but Evan said, God, I want to work on me. I want you to change me. I want you to sanctify me. And God took that young man and used him for revival in Wales. Over 100,000 people came to Christ in the revival of Wales. And that revival was so far-reaching that even the animals got sanctified. Someone said, now he's a false prophet. Let me explain to you. This was a mining community. People used to go into the caves with their mules and work in the mines. But these were cussers. Cursers. These were like, these were, these were sinner men that didn't know how to talk without cussing after every other word. But when they got Jesus in their heart, they got Jesus in their mouth. There was an outward expression of an inward work called sanctification. There was some holiness. There was some evidence. And within a miracle moment, these men that used to be profane men stopped cussing. And so the day after the revival, when they went to the mines to work, when they gave the commandments to the mules on what to do, the mules didn't move because the mules were accustomed to being cussed at. The mules didn't know what to do if the men weren't cussing, but the men were so full of Jesus they stopped cussing, so they had to retrain the mules on how to work without the cussing. And I'm asking God for a real, true Pentecostal revival that isn't just shown on a Sunday morning, but there is a true revival that brings holiness to our homes where we start throwing out liquor bottles and throwing out drugs and throwing out cigarettes and throwing out vapes and getting rid of pornography and we stop cussing like sin. I'm praying for a true revival that's so far-reaching that it'll even affect what social media sites you go on and what happens in your home. There's a reason I'm taking a walk down memory lane. Smith Wigglesworth, the great apostle, told Lester Summerall, I won't get to see the great move of God known as the last day revival. He said, but Lester, you will see the beginning of it. That means that as great as Topeka, 
and Azusa, that's our roots, as great as they were, that was not the last great move of God. The voice of healing, the tent crusades, the charismatic renewal, the Jesus movement, they were all moves of God, but they were not it. They were not what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. They're not the last great move of God. If I had enough time today, I would talk to you about Brownsville. I would talk to you about Toronto. I would talk to you about Lakeland. I would talk to you about other great moves of God in, in the last 30 years. The purpose of my walk down memory lane today is not simply to reminisce about what God did, but it's because I'm hungry, I'm expectant, and I'm seeking the last great move of God. And Lester Summerall said before he died, in the late 90s, before he died, he said what God is doing on the earth right now, this is the last great harvest before the coming of the Lord. You and I are living in the greatest days that the church has ever known. Now, I'm an old soul, Pastor Brian. There have been times, I asked the Lord, why did you let me be born now? Because I could have been a lot happier, I think, in the 40s and the 50s in the voice of healing days. I could have been really happy with Alan and Branham and Cohen being back in those voice of healing days. Why didn't you let me be born then? He said, because I didn't need you then. I needed you now. I needed a remnant on the earth. I needed someone that would carry the torch. I needed someone that would carry the fire and preach the same message and, and demonstrate the same power. And that's why you're here, ladies and gentlemen of this church. That's why God brought you here. You have been handpicked and chosen by Almighty God for such a time as this. God trusts you with the last day revival and our eyes are going to see before that trust it sounds we are going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that this world has ever seen and with everything going on in the world there is fear that has even injected itself in the church fearful these are the last days God's coming it's over it's over. This is the end. No, it's not. It's not the end. It might be the beginning, but it's not the end. And I can prove it to you in Scripture. Frank, these are the things that keep me up at night. This is, this is why we're having tent revivals. This is why we're going overseas. Because we've been privileged to have the opportunity to come into a house and worship the Lord and know God and to be able to worship. Even with all the junk we went through the last two years with religious liberty, we still have more religious liberty here than most places in the world. That's just, let's just be real about it. I got friends in China that can't worship the way you and I do on our worst day. In fact, I'm going I'm, to I'm waste a real good preaching example right now, but I feel to do it right now. I know, when I say waste, it's because it's a whole other sermon, and I'm about to throw it into this sermon. I have a friend in China. He's a bishop over churches. And he, one day, I was preaching in Singapore, and he said, I want to show you a video. He showed me a video of Chinese believers sitting on their hands. Now, Reuben and Jason have heard me talk about this. They were sitting on their hands like this, whispering, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, why, why are they sitting on their hands? He said, we make them. 
I said, why do you make them sit on their hands? He said, because when the Holy Spirit starts moving in our homes, because these are underground churches, there's government officials walking the streets of China listening for the praises of the people. And when they hear the praise, they'll come in, they'll arrest them, and some of them will be put to death. He said, so we make them sit on their hands because when the Spirit starts moving, they want to do everything you all do. So he said, in China, we have to contain their praise. And that man got this angry look in his eye. And he looked at me, he said, Brother Tony, when you go back to the United States, you tell my American brothers and sisters, they better dance like they've never danced. Shout like they've never shouted. Praise like they've never praised. For one reason, you can. Do you hear me? He said, you tell them that they're to do it for one reason. They can. There's others that can't, but you can. You can worship God today. You can shout. You can. You can. but there's others that can't. And the reason I'm convinced that this isn't the end is because of what I read to you in Matthew 24. Now, I'm not an expert in eschatology. That's the study of the end times. There's some of you theologians in this room. You're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. I'm pan-trib. I'm just to see how it all pans out. Hallelujah. <laughs> I got really cheesy jokes this week. I don't know. I, I have made a commitment this morning. I'm not going to say to be frank about it. No pun intended. I've said it too much now. On standing here today, today is January 2022. There are over 2,000 language groups on the earth right now that don't have a Bible in their language. They have never heard the name of Jesus. They don't know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him would not perish but have everlasting life. You've had 10,000 opportunities to hear it. They have yet to hear it one time. And the scripture says, if you can put it back up there, that when this gospel is preached in all of the world to all nations, then the end will come. He can't come. When there's 2,000 language groups that represent millions that have never heard the name of Jesus. But here's what I want to tell you about that number I just gave you, that 2,000. I started preaching this message about the length, from Matthew 24, 14. I started preaching this four years ago, Brother Frank. Four years ago, it wasn't 2,000 language groups. It was 3,100 language groups. Now, it's just let, let the math sink in for a minute. From the resurrection of Jesus Christ until the modern day, for up until four years ago, there was still 3,100 language groups that did not have the gospel in their language after 2,000 plus years. But in less than four years, we've eliminated over 1,000 language groups, bringing us down to 2,000 language groups. Why? 
because there's an acceleration of time because this is what Zechariah was talking about. There's light in the evening time. This isn't the end of days. This is the beginning of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that this world has ever seen. And God chose you and I and you and I to partner together to see the greatest outpouring and salvation of souls. And we're going to watch with our own eyes. We're going to watch Matthew 24, 14 become a reality. We're making sure that all nations, the whole world, hears that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. And as soon as they hear it, we're out and we're going home to meet him in the air. Give him praise. We are in the middle of a visitation of God. This is not the end. This is the greatest move of God right now. And if you want this, maybe some of you are visiting from other churches and you say, I don't have this in my church. Maybe you're watching at home today and you say, I, I, I see it online, I see it on YouTube, but I, I wish I had it. You need to know how to get it. There's a recipe to have it. There's a way to get this kind of revival in your church. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take consecration. It's going to take holiness, and it's going to take every bit of the Holy Ghost. You can't do it with religion. You can't do it with doctrine. You just can't do it with your theology. You got to do it with a sincere, hungry heart that says, God... I take you out of the religious box where I've had you, and I confess you're God, and I'm nothing without you, and I want everything you have for me, even if it doesn't make sense, I just want you. I just want you. I did a really dumb thing when I got married, Brother Frank. I didn't know what it was like to be married to a southern woman. You know, I'm Chicago, you know. I was on the other side of the Civil War. I can speak freely here. I can't say this stuff in Tennessee. I made a really dumb move. I asked Gina to learn to cook something the way my mother used to cook it. Man, I feel you. You're like, Phew. As far as this ain't Tennessee. And I, some of y'all, man, you, that chola spirit, you're taking your hoop earrings off, right? Man, it's violent over here. My God. Man, I've, like, like the anointing of La Chancla is about to. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, for teaching me that move right there. Should be my neighbor. I said, Gina, I want you to learn. There, there's this thing my mom makes. I want you to learn how to make it like her. <laughs> Never again. There is a reason I'm telling this story while she's not with me on this trip. Because she, I'm forbidden from telling this story. I said, she, she's like, well, babe, uh, you know, I can. And I'm like, listen, I need you to call, not, not just like make it, but like I need you to go get the same ingredients like my mom. Because Gina tries to get healthy and she'll buy that, that, that like hippie, Himalayan voodoo salt that's pink. I'm like, I don't want pink salt. I want good old-fashioned white crystal. Give me the, the well, you got to be careful saying that. I, I want, I want the, the one that has the lady with the umbrella. Give me, give me the umbrella lady. 
Now I get pink salt. That the devil is a liar. I said, she's trying to make me healthy. She says I got to worry about my health. And so she was going to take the butter out. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Esperate vos. Wait. Slow your roll real quick. If butter was good enough for my grandmother, then butter is good enough for me. I rebuke margarine in the name of Jesus. You give me butter. Butter, butter. If I die, I die healthy and whole. I mean, I'll be full. That's all that matters. Now, I'm not just that way with my I don't like it when people change stuff. Like, if it's good, why keep trying to change it? Just leave it alone. Well, that's how I feel about the church. Because these new guys come around, these new cats come around, and they want to change the church. Well, we're going to make it more polished, and we're going to make it a little more fancy and a little more shiny, and we're going to make it a little modern. Stop it. Don't mess with the recipe. You can't change the recipe and then get what other people got. You can't change the recipe of the book of Acts and then have a book of Acts revival. You got to stick to the recipe. When they came to Peter and they said, what must we do? Peter did not say buy a smoke machine. Peter did not say serve coffee in the sanctuary. Peter did not say start having a wine tasting on Fridays in the sanctuary. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. That's still the recipe. You want to have a book of Acts, church? You got to read the book of Acts, and you need to get their recipe, and you need to apply that recipe. You can't have revival without repentance. You can't have revival without change. You can't have revival without holiness, and you cannot have revival without the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone under the sound of my voice needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Your kids need the Holy Ghost. The guests that are visiting us, you need the Holy Ghost. If there's a preacher here today and you don't have it, you need the Holy Ghost. For this is that which was spoken of this isn't like Colgate toothpaste where four out of five dentists recommend it and the fifth, the fifth one that didn't it's okay no 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 if if four out of five preachers say you need the Holy Ghost that one that said you you don't need it you know what he needs the Holy Ghost this isn't Pentecostal doctrine this isn't, this isn't Assemblies of God doctrine. This isn't Church of God or Church of God of Prophecy or Foursquare or Apostolic Assembly or United Pentecostal. This, is, this isn't doctrine of denomination. This is the truth of the Word of God. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If you're flesh, you qualify for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the secret... The secret sauce, the secret ingredient, the necessary ingredient to revival in the book of Acts is that they were filled and they stayed full of the Holy Ghost. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost isn't this one-time event and you get a certificate and you hang it on the wall and, you know, once a year you say, today's my Holy Ghost birthday. 
That wasn't the purpose. It was to give you access to the fountain of the power of God where every day you can go and access what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. I can go under the fountain of the Holy Spirit and I can call things as though they were under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I can decree and declare and prophesy and I'm empowered to go to war for my family and for my nation. I'm telling you we need to get so baptized and full of the Holy Ghost that our prayer language isn't something that we do every now and then, but every day we pray in the Holy Ghost, every day we intercede, and every day we see revival. Acts 1 and 8 says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Recibirais. ¿Dónde está mi gente? Recibirais. Cuando haya venido sobre vosotros el Espíritu Santo. I don't care if you got blonde hair and blue eyes, you know it sounds more powerful in Spanish. You just heard it. You're like, I said in Spanish and you're like, Recibirais poder cuando haya venido sobre vosotros el Espíritu Santo. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's a baptism of power. The Amplified Bible expounds on that truth and says you shall become capable, efficient, and mighty after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let that sink into your spirit balcony for just a moment. You shall become capable, efficient, and mighty after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That right there ought to tear down every stronghold of insecurity and condemnation, that feeling of I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified. Hey, you're kind of right. You're not good enough. You weren't qualified, but because of the Holy Ghost, you have been qualified. You have been sanctified. And because of the Holy Ghost, you're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And you got access to the cattle on a thousand hills. And everything that belongs to God belongs to you. I want to stop right here and say thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost qualified you. And now you're joint heirs with Christ to the promises of God the Father. You have access to the throne room of God because of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says you can now walk boldly before the throne of grace. Because the Holy Ghost has given you the access card. Just like when you stay at the fancy hotel and you got to swipe the card to get to the high floor. You know what I'm talking about? You know you try to go to the high floor without swiping your card and it didn't work. And you felt weird because the other guy was like. And you got the Holy Ghost, but you said punk. Well, because of the Holy Ghost, you now have access to the top floor. You got access to heaven. You got access to all the blessings of heaven, all the riches of heaven. When you walk in a room, you can swipe the Holy Ghost and demon rebuking power. Dead raising power, sickness rebuking power is yours because of the Holy Ghost. Why wouldn't you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? And because of the Holy Ghost, you have demonstration, power, and victory in your life. That's revival. This is why I, I told you yesterday, God changed my mindset. He said, stop being a revival chaser. 
be a revival maker. Everywhere you go, you cause change to come. Not because it's me. It's the Holy Ghost that works on the inside of me. So I don't go anywhere without the Holy Ghost. You don't buy a car without talking to the Holy Ghost. Some people, Jericho marched around the car. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And then you get it home, and the first bill comes, and you're like, ah, Jesus. <laughs> you had faith to buy it. You don't have, have faith to pay for it. As my father would say, hello. You don't buy a car without talking to the Holy Ghost. Don't buy a house without talking to the Holy Ghost. I don't want to point anybody out, but Frank, don't get married without talking to the Holy Ghost. People get married and then they come to counseling, you know, with the pastors because you got to, you know, you're automatically a counselor. And they walk in and they'll be like, ooh, the devil gave me this husband. And you're like, well, uh, boo, that was you up there saying I do. I didn't see no devil up there. That was you up there. I do. You don't make decisions outside of the Holy Ghost. I had, a, I had a mentor in my life. His name was T.F. Tenney, wonderful general of the faith, Tommy Tenney's father. Brother Tenney said he would wake up every day and he'd say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. He said that's how he'd start every day. And he'd say, Brother Tony, I'm not like my wife. He said, my wife can pray for hours. He said, I can't pray for an hour, but there's not an hour that goes by that I'm not talking to God. Because I'm letting, I'm, I'm bringing the Holy Ghost. What am I doing? I'm making revival. I'm bringing God into every aspect, every situation of my life. I'm letting the Holy Ghost, because he's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of righteousness. He'll guide me down paths of righteousness. And I can even prove to you through scripture that Jesus didn't go to the tomb without the Holy Ghost. Jesus didn't go to the tomb alone. The Holy Ghost showed up. The Son of God is laying in a tomb, and the Spirit of the living God crept by those Roman soldiers and wiggled its way through the rocks and came into that Roman grave and raised the Son of God from the dead. That was the power of the Holy Ghost. Now get ready to shout. If the Holy Ghost could raise the Son of God from the dead, imagine what the Holy Ghost is about to bring you out of. Imagine what the Holy Ghost could. I haven't preached to this side yet. Imagine what the Holy Ghost could do for you. Imagine how the Holy Ghost can help. Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh. The rest of you musicians come because I'm coming to a close. I've already preached too long. It's because of the Holy Ghost. If you were racing to go to a restaurant right now, it's too late. The Baptists are still there right now. You got to give them to like 1.30 till they roll up out of there. So give them a minute. You'd be sitting in the lobby upset waiting 45 minutes for your table. So just give them a few. Let, let, just give them a minute. We'll just keep having church here. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, you're coming out of sickness. You're coming out of poverty. You're coming out of lack. You're coming out of insecurity through the power 
of the Holy Ghost. And because of the Holy Ghost, we're reaching the nations, the world, every tribe, every language group. We're reaching them. And because of our efforts, we are accelerating the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. Pastor, was this okay? If it wasn't, you wouldn't tell me because you're too nice of a guy. Let me ask Pastor Natalie because you're real. Was this okay? She, she said, it was okay. I was hoping she'd be like, oh, this is what we needed. Just kidding. <laughs> I play too much. That friend of mine, I mentioned her yesterday. She's 89 years young. Bishop Ann Jimenez. She was talking to me last year. She said, Tony, you know that scripture that says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he was talking about you. And I said, what? She said, remember, the church. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church is not a denomination. It's not an organization and it's not a corporation. She said, she said, you need to understand what I'm about to tell you, Tony. The Bible says, no, you not. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the church. So when Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, he's talking about you. He was talking about my family. He was talking about my children. The enemy can try to attack. The enemy can try to intimidate. But the gates of hell shall not prevail. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord all the days of our life. We're going to be baptized. We're going to stay full of the power of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to have revival in our generation. And the reason I'm so passionate about it, Pastor, and I'm going to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Ghost here in just a moment. God promised me 100,000 people this year. The reason I'm so passionate about it is I heard a sermon by Jensen Franklin a few years ago. You find it somewhere on YouTube. I think it's called The Language of the Spirit. I listen to it about twice a year. And in that sermon, Pastor Jensen says, that the last thing that has to happen for a people group to die is not lose their culture. They got to lose their language. When they stop, when the last person of an indigenous tribe in the Amazons dies off with the language, it's over. You can have remnants. You can have people that were related. But if the language dies that people group ceases to exist forever. Nobody speaks Latin anymore. That's an old thing that ceased to exist. And Pastor Jensen in that sermon, I'm telling you, it challenged me at a time when I really, it was about 2014 when I think the first time I heard that message. Pentecost has a language. It's the language of the Spirit. <clears throat> and there was about a 20-year span where everybody stops speaking in tongues because, well, we don't want to offend. And I'm not trying to be ugly about it, but we got real seeker sensitive and we sent the Holy Spirit to the back room. We were embarrassed of exuberant praise, embarrassed of the gifts of the Spirit, 
brothers and my brothers and my sisters, if it wasn't for your grannies that huckabucked all over an altar and interceded and prayed and had prayer cloths and prayed, you wouldn't be here today. Why would we be embarrassed of our heritage? Why would we be embarrassed from where we come from? We are the descendants of the holy rollers. We are the children of Azusa. We, we, we're the legacy of Pentecost. And I'm scared that one day my kids might turn on whatever the YouTube is 20 years from now, that my grandkids would turn it on and say, Grandpa, why were you speaking in a different language? What was that? Why were people falling? Why were people lifting their hands? Now I rebuke that. That's not going to happen. But if it happened, it would be because the language died on my watch. And I made a promise to God a few years ago. Pentecost will not die in my generation. Because the language of Pentecost is the language of the Father. My father was Colombian. My mother was just a good white girl from Chicago who got called from God and went to Colombia as a missionary. When I talked to my mom, I talked in English. Pero cuando yo quería comunicarme con mi papá, yo hablaba en el idioma de mi padre. When I talked to my mom, I talked to her in English. But when I wanted to communicate, I mean like really communicate with my dad, I talked to him in his language. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yo hablaba con él en su idioma para que él me pudiera entender. And he talked to me back in his language. When I really need to get a hold of God, when I really need to make sure God understands what I'm going through, I don't pray in English. I don't pray in Spanish. I pray in my Father's language. And I learned something, Brother Frank. You know, we empower the devil with the words that come from our mouth. We, we got, this is, I didn't say it's theology, it's my opinion. You got devils following you all the time. No one gets scared. I rebuke the spirit of Halloween right now. You got, because you're, 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 he's a crafty enemy trying to figure out how to attack you, how to mess with you. And more times than not, you tell them by what comes out of your mouth. I swear on everything, if he does that one more time, I'm going to divorce him. And you got a little devil. Hey, we got to make that thing happen one more time. If the preacher preaches on tithing one more time, we're out of there. Hey, let's convince Pastor Brian to preach on tithing again. Because then that family's out. Now, this is going to sound a little nerdy, but I'm a little nerdy. You're like, I know. Speaking in tongues and speaking the language of the Spirit, it's kind of like speaking in code. Because the devil doesn't speak Holy Ghost. He doesn't speak the language of the Spirit. 
and when you pray in the spirit you leave him dumbfounded and confused but when you pray in the spirit your heavenly father says I know exactly what you're saying I know exactly what you need now here's your miracle here's your blessing here's your revival so I've come in the name of Jesus to Whittier California to pray that the father would baptize this entire house with the Holy Ghost and with the sound of Pentecost. Stand with me if you don't mind. I'm, I'm at a close. My brother, he promised me 100,000 people. I've already seen close to 1,000 this year. And he's about to do it again right now. In a moment, I'm going to open up this altar. And this, this first altar call is for all of those that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to address the religion in the room. Because someone just said, well, I have had it for 28 years. Well, that's cool. I've had it since 1988. But I have to come and get refilled every day. But see, now listen. I don't, I don't like being a sarcastic preacher. Forgive me. I don't like to be that way. Forgive me. Let me just help you. You go refill your gas tank multiple times a week in your car. And you think nothing of it. Or, or do, you, do you email Ford? This car needs gas all the time. Condemnation has told the church that it's wrong to need a refilling. Our pride stirs up. Well, if I go to the altar, what will they think? What will they say? I don't, I don't need a refilling. I got everything I need. I gotta, I, I'm telling you, as a preacher, I got to get a refilling every day. Like, I have to get under the fountain. My wife isn't here. Her godly saint of a grandmother is in a hospital right now. Mother Carver, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be healed right now. I speak to Mother Carver's heart. I command it to work properly according to its creative order. And every vile sickness leave her body now, Tashima Kandusibahai, Mother Carver, touch and be healed. Mother Carver's 88 years old. Mother Carver's had the baptism of the Holy Ghost for over 65 years. At this point, 67 years. She probably speaks in four different languages of tongues at this point. She's a godly woman. I was in a revival meeting a few years ago at my in-laws church. And the evangelist said, anyone that needs something of God, come. And Mother Carver came down the center aisle on her walker. And I, I started wondering, what, what is Mother Carver coming for? What's she coming for? And Mother Carver got to the front, and the evangelist, a little more bold than I am, he put the mic in her face. Mother Carver, what do you need from God? Mother Carver said, oh, I just need a fresh touch. And I got so convicted. 
because I needed a fresh touch that day. But I didn't go to the altar because my preacher pride told me if I go, they'll think something's wrong with me. But that day I said, oh God, if Mother Carver, who's had the Holy Ghost for over 65 years, if Mother Carver needs a fresh touch of God, if she needs a refilling, God, I need a refilling tonight. I need a refilling. So whether this is your first time coming or maybe you're the Mother Carver of Whittier and you're coming for the 167th time, when I count to three, if you want to be filled or refilled with the Holy Ghost, when I count to three, I want to ask you to come to this altar. One, two, three. Hallelujah. I know everybody here doesn't speak Spanish, but I want to sing a song into the Spirit. El Espíritu de Dios está en este lugar. El Espíritu de Dios se mueve en este lugar. Está aquí para consolar. Está aquí para liberar, está aquí para guiar, el Espíritu de Dios está aquí. Una vez más el Espíritu, el Espíritu de Dios. Even if you don't understand the words, I'm putting the spirit of it into the house. El Espíritu de Dios se mueve en este lugar Está aquí para consolar Está aquí para liberar Está aquí para guiar El Espíritu de Dios está aquí Muévete y muévete en mí Espíritu, muévete Muévete Y muévete en mí Muévete en mí Y toca mi mente, mi corazón Llena mi vida de tu amor Muévete en mí Santo Espíritu, muévete en mí Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where it in me? Where it in me? Toca mi mente, mi corazón. Llena mi vida de tu amor. Where it in me? Santo Espíritu, where it place mighty God you are awesome in this place Abba Father you are worthy of our praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome in this place mighty God and you are awesome in this place mighty God you are awesome in this place Abba Father you are worthy of our praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. People were amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, that these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And upon thy servants and thy handmaidens I will pour out in my days of the Spirit, and they shall prophesy. Yes. 
is what is about to invade this house and baptize this house. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall receive the baptism of fire and the baptism of joy. You will not leave here the same because it's like a lightning bolt is coming from heaven and it's about to hit this house and the entire house will be shaken by the glory of God. The lady that helped me translate yesterday, run up here and help me again. I'm gonna pray and speak the word of faith over you. Yo voy a orar y voy a declarar la, la palabra de fe sobre ti. It's important you know es importante que sepan that you qualify for the gift of the Holy Ghost. que tú calificas para el don del Espíritu Santo. He said, I'll pour out my spirit Él dijo, yo derramaré mi Espíritu upon all flesh. sobre toda carne. If it was only for the holies, si solamente fuera para los santos, I couldn't have it. yo no pudiera tenerlo. But thank God it's for all flesh. Pero gracias a Dios es para toda carne. That means there's nothing you've done. Quiere decir que no hay nada que hayas hecho. That disqualifies you. Que te descalifica. From the promise of the Father. De la promesa del Padre. Now, second thing. La segunda cosa. This business about speaking in tongues. Este negocio de hablar en otras lenguas. The Bible does not say. La Biblia no dice. That you're going to think in tongues. Que vas a pensar en lenguas. You're speaking tongues. Que vas a hablar en lenguas. So in a moment when I pray the prayer of faith, Así que en el que yo ore la de fe, speak it out. Habla y when I was growing up in the church, yo en la iglesia, you had one person on one side, una de un lado, one person on the other side, y la persona, otra persona del otro lado. and this person said, y esta decía, hold on, hold on. Espérate, espérate. This one said, let go, let go. Esta decía, suéltate, suéltate. They'd be shaking your chin and you're just all over the place. I don't care if you speak in tongues for 10 minutes. A mí no me importa si hablas en lenguas 10 minutos. Or 10 seconds. O 10 segundos. Are you a mom? Yes. When your baby, you, you, so when your baby was born, um, traduzcala por, ah, necesito otro traductor aquí ahorita. I'll do it myself. You do it yourself. Yeah. Oh, gloria a Dios. Glory to God. That's good. How old was the baby when, when you became mom? Uh, six months. Okay, that works. Seis meses tenía cuando el niño vino conmigo. The first words of the baby. Las primeras palabras del niño. What were they? Mama, mama, mama. Mama, mama, mama. And you said, Mi hijo es Shakespeare. Y dije, Mi niño es inteligentísimo. He said, Mama, mama. And she said, Wow. Porque él dijo, mama, mami. He has a way with words. Él tiene una manera con palabras. He's going to be Shakespeare. Él va a ser un poeta. You were able to celebrate syllables. Pude celebrar las sílabas que él habló. Yeah. Esa es la primera vez que alguien me traduce esa palabra correcta en español. Gracias. That's the first time I heard somebody say syllables in Spanish. If your baby, si mi niño, if you would have pulled his pacifier out si saca el chupón, and he would have said mother dicho, Madre? 
I have really enjoyed the accommodations that you have provided me the last several months. He disfrutado mucho las acomodidades que me has proveído estos últimos meses. What a blessing it has been to partake of being a part of your family. Qué bendición ha sido ser parte de esta familia. You would have dropped dead. Yo me hubiera caído muerta, sí. But a few syllables. Pero unas sílabas. And you say hi. Y me llenó el corazón. Él va a ser famoso en Instagram. He's going to be famous in Instagram. Amen. Así es. That, that was true. Yes. I just called you out. I just prophesied. I called you out. I'm not expecting you to conjugate 10 minutes of Greek and Hebrew in a moment. I can celebrate a few Holy Ghost syllables today. And you take you take the syllables Tomas las sílabas, and every day you speak a little more y cada día hablas un poquito más and it turns into your prayer language y se convierte en tu lenguaje de oración and then one day you're interceding for nations and you don't even know it y un día vas a recibir información que ni sabías one day a plane crash will be diverted un día un avión en vez de, de chocar va a ser or a government will be overthrown o alguien del gobierno va a ser quitado because some random saint in Whittier, California porque un santo was praying in the Holy Ghost calling things as though they were God's about to hit this house and everyone shall be filled with the power of Pentecost if you want it raise your hands I'm going to pray the prayer of faith when I shout now open your mouth and start speaking in other tongues by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Father baptize this house with Holy Ghost power like you did it in the upper room get ready people in the name of Jesus be ye filled with the Holy Ghost that's it open your mouth and begin to praise God Sound of 
Messiah. Fire. Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, 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 Whatever you feel like singing, lift it up and let's start shouting and rejoicing because the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is here. upon you now. Healing come upon you now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Top of your head to the soles of your feet. Healed and delivered now. Roshamanda. Sanidad sobre tu vida. De la cabeza hasta los pies. Touch. Touch. Fire. I know this is new for some of you. The Spirit of God moves on people in different ways. There's different manifestations. Not everybody is slain in the Spirit. You don't have to fall. You don't have, everyone, it moves on people in different ways. You need to yield to the Holy Ghost. That, that's what I learned as a kid. What that means is I don't come to God with any preconceived notions. I just come as an open vessel. God, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, I'm just open because I want you more than I want anything else in my life. Sometimes people fall. Sometimes people laugh. Sometimes people jump. Sometimes they run. It's all in order in a Pentecostal church. But I release you from, the, from that, that feeling of, well, I have to do this or I have to do that. 
No, you don't. You just have to be an open vessel to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. There's many people that are laid out right now. God's doing a work in their lives. You can leave them where they are. Don't, don't force them up unless they want to come up. You don't know. The Holy Ghost might be doing surgery on them right now. This is a holy moment. He's moving in this house. He's moving in this house right now. He's moving in this house. Many of you have already been, have received the baptism. Many of you have already been touched. I know I still got this whole section here that I got to get to, and I'm going to get to you right now. But I felt like I just needed to stop and just say, take a deep breath. Nothing is forced. Just let God be God. And just receive everything the Father has for you. One more time, lift your hands. Father, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do. I know it sounds funny to say it that way, like God needs our permission, but he is a gentleman. Jesus, we're open, and we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and we say, let the Holy Spirit have its way. Do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Move in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Muevete en mí. Muevete en mí. Fire. Llena mi corazón. Llena mi vida de tu amor. Muevete en mí. Fire. Put your hands on her legs for me. I command those legs to be healed in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I command all pain to leave you right now. Every ill effect from the attack of the enemy, I reverse it right now in Jesus' name. Feet be healed be healed, legs be healed, knees be healed, in Jesus' name, he muevete en mi, he toca mi mente, mi corazón, llena mi vida de tu touch, muevete en mi, it's strong on you, my brother, muevete, muevete en mi, I bless you in the name of Jesus, fire of God. Sí, sí, sí. 
on, my brother. She's walking. Take her up there. How you feel? Give me it. check for cancer, let him check it so that he can see that Jesus is still a healer. Hey, oh, and look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. fun she fell out and they had to help her up she had lumps on her the bottom of her legs I called her over preacher lady to help me pray and she pulled up her pant legs to show us the lumps they're not there anymore Just got healed, but I'm gonna dance on your cane for you. 
You give it to someone that needs it. That dude has been drunk in the Holy Ghost since I prayed at the altar. That's what the Holy Ghost does right there. This isn't religion. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hold up. I feel like I got to say something. I'm coming for you. Don't worry. Listen, whatever your pastor teaches is whatever. That's the rule of the house. So just forgive me for giving my opinion. I felt God speak to me a few weeks ago. Because I got friends getting in trouble because of their drinking. Holy Ghost people that are now binge drinking. Sipping saints is what we call them. Listen, you do you. You follow Christ as Christ leads you. But I felt him speak to my, to my heart a few weeks ago. He said, it hurts my heart that I've given my people the new wine. And they still prefer their wine. Their wine leads to death. Their, their wine leads to destruction. But when you drink of my wine, says the Lord, there's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I break addictions right now to liquor. I break addictions to alcohol. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be ye filled with the new wine, the wine of joy, the wine of the Holy Ghost. Now these are my friends. This is my brother, my sister, and my partners. They're, without exaggeration, half the reason why I'm coming to do the Los Angeles outpouring because sometimes insistence gets the job done. I'd hate to be the guy at the store that did you wrong. Because you'd be back at customer service every day. I'm gonna make this thing right. The squeaky wheel gets the job done. Isn't that how you say? Father, I ask you to bless my friends today. I speak blessing over their life, their ministry, and every plan that you have for them. I ask that you would prosper them 100-fold what they've done for our ministry. Father, not 100-fold. I just heard the Lord correct my math. He said it's not 100. It's 1,000-fold before this time is over. I bless you. I declare victory over you. And I pray a fresh touch of this Holy Ghost revival would hit you. And you would never be the same after today. Somebody give him praise. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Hey, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, saxophone.
good at counting math was never my forte so you're gonna have to help me count if you consider yourself baptized in the Holy Ghost today if you feel like God filled you with Pentecostal power and you want to testify to it at the count of three raise your hand one two three you tell me about how many hands that are one two keep it up one two carry the three four five carry the keep those hands up Keep those hands up. Just, you know, I'm an evangelist. I'll say the wrong number, so. I need a good Baptist to count it because they won't exaggerate. Oh, she's like, oh, I don't lie. She said, not after you attacked my people last night. Huh? Uh, between 45 and 50 people are testifying to the baptism. We got canes. We got drunkards. They're not drunk like they suppose. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is revival. Every hand lifted. Make sure you come back tonight at 6 p.m. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. Holy Spirit, rule and reign our life. You are the senior pastor of this church. Seal everything you've done today in our hearts. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Look what the Lord... Stay, he's
just the same. Come on and praise. 